Once upon a time, there was a new crossover that refused to play by the rules. It flipped the script and made all the others look like fools. Featuring styling that's sexier by far and handles like a rock star. Introducing the first ever Toyota CHR. Enjoy agile handling in the body of a seductive crossover that comes with standard 18-inch alloy wheels. The first ever Toyota CHR. The perfect ride to spin your own tail. Toyota. Let's go places. featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. We are here. Barely. That's true. (laughs) Both of us. Truthfully, are sipping coffee because yes. it's the only way we can keep our energies high. Yes, yes. As as we've mentioned, Elvira and I will be doing a lot of shows pre-recorded and playing a couple of reruns because we have lots of adventures going on this summer. Truly. So right now, as you hear this show, we are coming to you from the past. Past. Yes. And considering that it's overcast, drippy, kind of not really rainy, but drippy out there, it makes you just want to honker down anyway. Yeah, and, you know, it's June, so you don't need windshield wipers in June. At least that's what I told myself when I realized my windshield wiper was cracked and halfway falling off. Oh, my gosh. I'll deal with that in the fall. (laughs) So driving over here this morning in the rain was an interesting thing because I've got at least it's the windshield wiper in front of the driver's side. That's okay. Good. The one on the passenger side is halfway attached and halfway loose, so I have, like, this little rubber squiggly, fake squiggly thing that's flopping all over the place. It's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so. Yeah. And and part of me is thinking, well, I should probably get this fixed. And part of me is thinking, we're going to have one day of rain. I'm not going to go and replace them. Oh, it's so silly, but yeah. But unfortunately, with the way our weather has run, this is you know everyone was going. It's going to rain, right? And we're like, okay. Actually, yesterday at Lucky Mojo, 
uh, because, of course, the church candles are outside as well as inside. And at the very end, the uh, Yose, who is now the the uh, head of the church side in terms yeah. of that, is going, oh, my gosh, it's going to rain, and we've got to get these in. And, yeah. and there was like everybody's leaving, right? And there's this poor thing sitting here trying to do And I'm like, okay, look, here, let's just get this done. So she did it, and Bailey helped. And it was funny because, I mean, the whole picnic table that we put these on was strewn with stuff because, yeah. again, people didn't expect right. this, right? Right. Right. So we're very that. And it is very June unusual. rain. So we got everything safe, and I could leave and know that at least for the next 24 hours, all those nice candles will be burning nicely under cover, so it won't yeah. you know, be a problem. But it was just, again, typical, who knows how we're going to have a weather. Yeah. Well, I am just pleased because, you know, I head off to witch camp at the end of the month. And there have been years where it's rained at witch camp, mm-hmm. and it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, it's outside. Every, mostly, yeah, everything's outside, and, and there's, you know, workshops. There's five different workshops that happen every day, and there's uh, over 100 people that attend this event, and there's not enough indoor space for all of those workshops wow. to happen wow. inside someplace. Mm-hmm. So I feel <laughs> like, okay, it's raining now. So that it won't rain at the end of the month. There you go. That's that's what I'm going with. Very positive yeah. thinking. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, that's so obviously we do check in. So our check in is actually a little bit less of the moment because by the time this is heard, we're going to be doing our different things mm-hmm. off in the world. So other than the fact that we're glad we're here. Yes. And we're almost literally almost one year. Almost. It's yeah. almost our anniversary. I know. Yeah. Gosh, what should I get us? Oh, chocolate. <laughs> chocolate. Okay, on our anniversary, you'll hear us chopping <laughs> chocolate. Yes, and this, technically, you're listening to this show on Friday, June 23rd, 2017. Yes. See, we, we do love technology because it can change mm-hmm. and bend time. Mm-hmm. So here we are bending time. Yeah. And in that exciting and fun-filled moment, what are we talking about today? Today, we are sharing the magic and mystery of the Slavic goddess, Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. (laughs) Well, considering the fact that um, there are many ways to say that, and I am very impressed that you found all three, and I'll I'll just (laughs) hang out with Baba Yaga. That's fine. Okay. So you were going to tell this wonderful story. Yes, yes. So there's many stories for Baba, and we'll tell. We'll talk about some of the others, but the, the story that's most well-known is called, actually not Baba Yaga, but Vasilisa the Brave or Vasilisa the Wise. And once upon a time, there was a young girl whose mother was very ill, and as she lay in her deathbed, she calls Vasilisa, her daughter, to her side and gives her a dolly. And she says to Vasilisa, this dolly will always be with you. You can always ask this dolly for wisdom, and she will always help you figure out the right path to take. And the mother dies, and as you may, this may sound familiar, the father remarries, and he marries a woman who has two daughters. And suddenly, the father must travel a lot, and he has gone a lot, and the stepmother and stepsisters are very mean to Vasilisa. Oh, my goodness. This might sound familiar. It's getting more familiar. They, and they are very mean to her, and they treat her poorly, and all she has is the little dolly that she keeps hidden in her pocket uh-huh. that connects her to her mother and a time where she felt loved. Uh-huh. 
And one morning, Vasilisa comes downstairs to make the breakfast and discovers that all of the fires have been put out in the house. And the story goes that the the stepmother did this intentionally. Uh And fire is important, and we'll talk about the symbology of that again. But remember, this is a Slavic goddess, so it's a cold region. Uh And fire was not something that they could just make. She had to go out into the woods and find it. Right. So the mother sends her out into the woods and tells her she must go and find the Baba Yaga and get fire. Uh Uh-huh. So Vasilisa wanders into the darkness, wanders into the deep, dark forest, wanders into the woods with only her dolly at her side, uh-huh. and she trudges forth very bravely, knowing that she has to find fire in order to help her family. Right. And as time goes on, it gets darker and darker, and she finds herself hiding in the woods overnight alone, and she holds her dolly, and, and it's in her little the pocket of her apron, and she keeps reaching her hand in for comfort to connect to that dolly. And as the the day goes by, a white rider rides past her. And as the day goes further, a red rider rides past her. Uh And as it approaches night, a black rider rides past her. Uh And she hides every time. And finally, she trudges and trudges and trudges and makes it to a clearing in the woods. Uh And surrounding this clearing is a fence. And on every fence post is a skull that is flaming. And within the fence line is a hut that stands up on chicken feet and runs around the yard like a chicken. (laughs) And suddenly she hears a swooshing noise and she looks up and here comes a scary old woman in a mortar and pestle flying through the sky. And she has a broom that she uses to, as like a rudder to direct where the mortar and pestle flies. Uh-huh. She lands in the yard, and the chicken foot hut settles down like it's roosting, and the scary old woman goes into the hut, and Vasilisa says, all right, here we go. And she walks into the gate, and she walks into the house, and she meets Baba Yaga. Uh-huh. And she says, please, please, mother, I need help. I need fire. And Baba Yaga at first, threatens to eat her. Baba Yaga, in many tales, has sharpened teeth that she uses a file to sharpen every night. And she has a huge bony nose and a huge bony chin that are so long that they almost touch. Uh-huh. And she's got long, gangly limbs and pokey elbows. And she looks at the girl and she said, I might grant your wish, but first you must do some tasks for me. Nothing's for free, little girl. Uh-huh. And Vasilisa says, okay, mother. And she's always very respectful. Uh-huh. Okay, mother, what is the task you have for me? And she said, first, you must cook me a meal. You must fill the table filled with foods, and you don't get to eat any of it. It's just for me. And second, you must separate this pile of grain. And Vasilisa says, all right, mother, I will do these tasks. And she sets about cooking all day, cooking all day, and filling the table with foods. And she goes about sorting the seeds, and Baba Yaga starts to eat all the food and all the food, and she's still sorting and sorting, and Baba Yaga says, All right, dear, good luck with that sorting. I'll see you in the morning, and if you're not done, I'm going to eat you. And Vasilisa stays up and starts to cry and fret and worry, and the little dolly tugs on her and says, You go to sleep. I got this. So Vasilisa falls asleep, and when she wakes up in the morning, the, the grains are separated, 
The piles are separated, and Baba Yaga wakes up and says, I don't know how you've done this, but you have another task to do. You must cook me my meal again, fill the table with delicious foods, but now you must separate the poppy seeds from the dirt and that pile outside. And Vasilisa says, okay, Mother. Okay, Mother, I will do it. But I have a question for you. And Baba Yaga is impatient but curious and says, oh, what's your question? And she said, who are those writers I saw in the woods? And Baba Yaga says, oh, the white writer is my dawn, and the red writer is my son, and the black writer is my love. Mm-hmm. And she said, tell me more, Mother. And Baba Yaga says, no, get to work. So Vasilisa cooks and cooks and cooks all day. You may see where the story is going. (laughs) Baba Yaga eats and eats. She starts sorting the grains of dirt from the poppy seeds and begins to fret and worry and cry. I'll never get this done. And if I don't get it done by the morning, Baba Yaga will eat me. And the dolly says, go to sleep, Vasilisa. I will help you with this. And Vasilisa falls asleep. And in the morning, the pile is separated, the poppy seeds from the dirt. And Baba Yaga says, all right, girl, how did you do all of this? this was, these were impossible tasks. How did you do it? And the dolly is in her pocket, and she's tugging and tugging like, hey, watch what you say here, girl. Watch what you say. And Vasilisa said, I did it with the blessings of my mother. Mm. And Baba Yaga flies into a rage. Blessings? We have no blessings here. And she goes and grabs a flaming skull from the fence post and throws it in the girl's arms and kicks her out of her yard. We'll have no blessings here. And Vasilisa runs. <laughs> I would. She runs and runs, and the dolly tugs on her pocket, directing her which way to go so she makes it back to her house. And this is where we get to this dark Slavic story, mm-hmm. as though it wasn't dark already. Really. She comes home, and she shows her stepmother, look, I've got fire home. And the skull, the flaming skull, shoots flames out of its eyes and eviscerates the stepmother and the stepdaughters. And Vasilisa now has control of the home and lives happily ever after. Well, <laughs> tinge but never done. Hmm. So, very similar, if you know the story of Cinderella, there's some similarities there. Um, and there are lots of versions of this mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. In some of them, there are these disembodied hands that right. Baba Yaga calls on and says, hey, buddy, make my dinner. And mm-hmm. the disembodied hands cook mm-hmm. while Vasilisa sorts. Right. There's also a black cat that often um, is a cursed human. Mm-hmm. That is Baba Yaga's familiar, and he often shows up in different versions of the story and kind of warns Vasilisa, like, hey, do it this way or do it that way. Right, right. Uh, and he's, uh, there's lots of stories with the cat in it. He's kind of saucy, and he talks shit to the goddess, mm-hmm. and they, she'll, like, throw spoons at him, and it's adorable, their relationship. It's terrible and adorable. Well, I mean, it's it's the dynamic of the humor, but within the dynamic of the dark and serious. Yeah. And there's also sometimes a little mouse that serves a similar purpose to the cat. And often the cat and the mouse and Baba Yaga are like this little feuding triangle. None of them get along and they all fight against each other. And they, you know, Bob, the cat will say things about the mouse to Baba Yaga and then the mouse will talk shit about the cat. To, and it's just uh-huh. this adorable little feud. Tom and Jerry with a yeah. cartoon. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. So. so, yeah. And I have to say, Baba Yaga is one of my beloveds, 
so um, I have a very deep and loving relationship with this goddess who is scary and mean and suffers no fools. And so um, everything we talk about today, I'll say with a bit of a smile and Uh warmth in my heart because we are, she is one of the gods I talk to every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I was saying how I went about finding out information because this may be her, one of her beloveds. (laughs) I knew of her, but I don't have a relationship with her. So finding information was kind of a trip because I went to my standard books that I go to for a lot of stuff, and there was like maybe two or three sentences. And then I went in and um, went online, and, and some other things were going on, but by virtue of the fact that I couldn't find anything, and I found all kinds of things about people whose bands were named this and all kinds of bizarre things until more, you know, a couple of days later. And then I got some really interesting stuff in this particular story of Vasilisa and one of Ivan. Yes, Ivan shows up a lot. Yes, and he too comes in, but that's with the three Baba Yagas where they, they mm-hmm. tend to put another version, again, on the situation with the triplicity, where there are the three sisters that are all named Baba Yaga, which, you know, yeah. makes for no confusion at all, right? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, and Ivan is sometimes like this bumbling idiot, mm-hmm. and sometimes he's very much like the fool card of the tarot, where he's off on an adventure. Mm-hmm. But he shows up in different stories, he shows up differently. And every time we talk about a goddess... I feel it's imperative to bring this up. We're talking about Baba Yaga as though she's this one thing. Right. She is Slavic, Eastern European, Russian. Mm-hmm. She shows up in in this wide swath of landscape. Right. Right. So there are lots of different versions of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, you know, she was the scary witch in the woods. Right. For most of these little villages. Right. And that each little village had their own reason while she was the scary witch of the mm-hmm. woods. So let's think about it just from a practical perspective. What do you tell your children when you don't want them to wander off into the woods because there are real legitimate dangers in the woods? Oh, there's a scary witch out there who's going to eat you. Right. Right? So that's probably where all of this oriented from. Um, but her name is grandmother. Like, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. Baba Yaga. They, in, in Russia, they call their grandmother Baba. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting she was saying, you know, I mean, we're talking Bulgaria, Macedonia, Romania, Serbia, Croatia. I mean, all these locations. And if you think of all those as we have names now for them and their version of this, we get all these names, we get all these variations. But it all comes out to the fact, just as Phoenix has said, that it is about the crone. And the crone in her harsher stage because of why. First of all, think of where they're coming from. It's a harsh climate. It's not like the Polynesian islands. It's definitely got a lot of issues of, you know, concern, and they don't want their kids going off and being eaten by bears or any of those things. So it's a legitimate fear. Right. So they're going to create a situation and just think of the, the, you know, it's funny because when I went to Sicily, there were all these old ladies, and I mean, we're talking, you know them, you've seen them in in movies, you've seen them in stereotype TV shows, little ladies, little short ladies yeah. with their little black kerchief hats on and their yeah. black outfits, and they're like, you know, kind of walking down the road, 
and you it's that is the beginning or the the purposeful stereotype and then you take it and some of them are cranky and crabby because of course you know life has been harsh yeah so the the uh, the way they have created and what what has come out of the pictorial version of Baba Yaga is specifically because that was what old women look like. Not every one of them, but they certainly don't look like. I actually just saw a picture of Allie McGraw, and you know she was she's seventy eight, yeah, and she looks gorgeous. No surgery, no plastic shit, right? And I'm thinking she's a clown, right? Yeah, but it's not the kind of life of course, that the people live. Right. Well, and we, we hear the word crone, and it puts a specific image in our head. Uh-huh. We we hear the word crone, and, you know, I'm speaking very generally here, but you, you see an, a scary old lady. Right. The word hag comes to mind. Right. You know, that cranky old woman who lives off in her own and only talks to her cats. And, you know, we, we, right. we've given it this negative connotation. And there was something, depending on your belief and, you know, science and, and archaeology and all, all of that fun stuff, studying, mm-hmm. has differing opinions on this, mm-hmm. right? But one belief is if you go back far enough, the old women were the ones who actually had the power. Right. They were the rulers. They were the ones who formed councils. They were the ones who you went to mm-hmm. when you were in times of need in these matriarchal cultures. The old woman was the one mm-hmm. who possessed the power. So when you're trying to take over a matriarchal culture and you're switching gears into something that's patriarchal, what do you do? You villainize the most powerful person in charge of the village or in that has power and that would be the old woman so you make her a scary witch you make her someone that will eat children uh-huh. you make her someone who's mean uh-huh. and cruel and, yeah. you know, and dangerous right. right so it it's a it's the and you know it's the way that the line goes so you know this was a baba yaga is powerful and scary but she also is the keeper of wisdom. Yeah. And she may have in the one tale thrown on a flaming skull. Yeah. But then she is also the one who puts you to the test. Are you really true? Right. Is your heart true? Right. So, I mean, you don't get past her. Right. And she she does show up as a villain in some stories where she is very cruel. Mm-hmm. And she does show up as this ambivalent benefactor uh-huh. who just shows up and gives you exactly what you're looking for uh-huh. and then she shows up as the challenger right, right? she's she's not one face uh-huh. she's not one thing uh-huh. and often with the gods we try i think modern paganism and witchcraft really does try to make the gods this one thing this god is the god of this right this goddess is the goddess of this and I am not a fan of that. I feel like the mm-hmm. gods are much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. And Baba Yaga is one really clear example of that. Mm-hmm. And this is a goddess. Now, maybe the worship of her has shifted and changed mm-hmm. and is not as a part of day-to-day culture as it was hundreds of years ago or thousands right. of years ago. But they still talk about her. Mm-hmm. She's very much alive. Mm-hmm. I'm at... Um, so, you know, I go to California witch camp every, basically every summer, mostly every summer, and um, it's a seven-day intensive, 
And every year there's a different myth or story that is worked during that, those seven days. Mm-hmm. Several years ago we worked with Baba Yaga, and there was a Russian guy who came to camp that year. Mm-hmm. And he was interesting uh, to work with, with this myth, because this, these were stories that he was told as a small child. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. told about the the grandmother in the woods mm-hmm. and the scary witch in the woods mm-hmm. and, and all of those versions of the tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, 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 she's very much alive mm-hmm. in Russia and in Eastern Europe, very much alive. Mm-hmm. They still know her. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those interesting goddesses because she's she's all over the place. She's got a million different stories. Mm-hmm. All of them have a similar energetic, mm-hmm. and she never really died out. She right. became folklore, right? Folklore and folk tale and folk mystery, right? Which and is then fairy tale. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just sort of moved. It's interesting because, <laughs> as I said, I, I don't have that much connection here, but I was I was listening to the, the one story you were telling, and I'm thinking, you know how quickly we are able to see the line of how it moved, and it was, you know, many hundreds of years, I'm sure, that things shifted, but we have Cinderella, yeah, you know, and that, yeah. that similarity, the similarity, yeah. but if, you know, you give truth be told, you have a lot of the Russian tales that have become the fairy tales of other European countries. Right. And then, obviously, to the day that we are now, where we are, again, it's interesting, they're revisioning yeah, the fairy tales. Right. Well, and if you look at fairy tales, right, Baba Yaga is an interesting goddess that we, when we talk about fairy tales, to bring her into it. Mm-hmm. Because most fairy tales, and we're talking about, the Little Mermaid and Cinderella, all of the stories that uh-huh. Grimm wrote down, uh-huh. right? Grimm is an amazing folklorist. Uh-huh. And the stories that he, that he wrote down, one of the brothers specifically, were based on older gods, right? right? And rem- we ha- you always have to remember, if we go back far enough, the gods were tutelary spirits. They were the spirit of this grove of, of trees, the spirit of this river, uh-huh. this part of the river, uh-huh. the spirit of this glade. Uh-huh. It's, it's right. The, the gods were these tutelary spirits that belonged to these tiny little villages. Uh-huh. And then as we, as human beings, as our cultures got bigger and expanded and, and cities formed, they, the gods got bigger. Right. And weren't just the god of the grove, but now the god of Athens. Right. 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 So these stories that started off as a tutelary spirit stories then became a god stories and then got written down as a folk tale. Right. Right. It's, you can, it's, and it looks obvious if you look at it that way. You don't really have to try very hard. No. No. But, and that's why. That's because we are, what we need to see are the threads of the weaving yeah. that we are now part of and where we are and right. how we take what we've got now and continue it and strong women and uh, strong men and uh, balance striving for it. So, yeah. That was our sidebar. We'll go back to Baba Yaga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and her name, to talk about that again, you know, Baba is is a, a name for grandmother, but there's also some, um, Baba can also mean midwife uh-huh. um, or fortune teller. Uh-huh. Uh, in Poland, Baba was also a pejorative word for a wussy, 
like a man who's kind of a weakling or a wuss right. or whatever, right? Right. Um, and it could also mean a, an ugly woman. Mm-hmm. There are negative connotations mm-hmm. to the to the word now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yaga, yaga, they don't really know the origins of that word. Right. And there's different arguments to different things. Some folks say that it may be a proto-Slavic word. Some folks believe it may have a Sanskrit origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the closest they can find is something that means serpent or snake. Um, who knows? Right. Well, I know that, um, and it's interesting because she, you know, there are different ones that are forced mother. I mean, they have, she has many, um, the way the name is, and as she, as Phoenix has said, the way that it's specifically to an area. Right. It was, it, somewhat I saw the, there was a uh, flow of forest and mother, uh, grandmother, of course there's, you know, anger and, um, Serpent and wicked, and you know they got a lot of things in there, so they could, you know, I guess utilize all that energy when they were talking about her. Yeah. But um, and it's you know, so she holds all three energies, you know, she, you know, or you know, with the triplicity of yeah. one of the stories, the three sisters. But it's it's interesting because most of it is either. The mother where we have the the harvest, but it's always the end of the harvest. Mm-hmm. Or the crone death goddess because it's the end of the harvest. Right. Right. Yeah. And often the the triplet, triplet kit. <laughs> coffee, <laughs> coffee has not infused my brain yet. Okay. The, the triplicate nature of her is often seen as maiden mother crone or the aging process, right? And it is there's some um, interesting tales of her where there is a, a cycling process, right? Mm-hmm. When the oldest Baba Yaga dies, the middle Baba Yaga becomes the oldest, right. the youngest becomes the middle, and then they recruit a new young one, right? right? So Baba Yaga is a title that is bestowed upon these three sorceresses mm-hmm. who live out in the woods, and if you have to go and find them, it's because you're seeking help, right? Right. You're seeking magic or medicine mm-hmm. or a midwife, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like this seems so obvious to me. I and mean, maybe it's because I've done a lot of study on this goddess because <laughs> we're friendly and all. But, you know, think about it. If you lived in a small village or, right, certain villages would have grown up near each other mm-hmm. because of water sources right. or what have you. So if you have a three sorcerers, sorceresses, sorcerai, sorcerai, <laughs> and that these three women, three wise women who live kind of in the middle of the woods where right. all these desperate villages can reach them, right? and they're skilled in medicine, they know what plants can cure and what plants mm-hmm. can kill, they're skilled in midwifery, they mm-hmm. can help deliver babies, and they're skilled in magic, and mm-hmm. they would be freaking terrifying if you have to go and seek out the Baba Yagas because you need help with something mm-hmm. it would be a scary adventure and they would know the things that bring life and death mm-hmm. they would be scary mm-hmm. and that kind of peels back into Ivan right when right. Uh, when Ivan goes seeking the Baba Yagas sometimes he's very um, earnest and humble in different tales of Ivan. Mm-hmm. And Ivan's a very common Russian name. It's yes. John, right? <laughs> Ivan is the John of Russia. Of Russia, yeah. Sometimes he's very earnest, and he's 
he's trying to do good for his village. Right. Sometimes he's just a prick who wants power. Right. And he tries to steal it from them. Right. You know, so it's it's interesting. These The tales of her are really um, what fairy tales are all about, right? Uh-huh. They, they have a, a parable. Of, a, a, right. A, a, what is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Not... But they have a, a lesson. A lesson. We'll leave it at that. Well, it'll come to us after we finish our show. Yeah. <laughs> what? Moral. Moral. There's a moral, moral to the story, right? We talk about Ivan or Vasilisa or whatever because there's a moral to the story. Right. Right. Ooh, that was a rough one. Well, hey, get some more of that cash. Should we in. take a break? We should take a break now. <laughs> I think we need it. Okay. We'll take a break, and then we'll talk about the firebird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll be back. To the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Kendall's Corner with Candelo Canvisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A. Mondays, 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith. Tuesdays, 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige the Firyu. Wednesdays, 3 to 4.30. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya. Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield. Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All times Pacific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. We're back with more caffeine in our system, ready to hop along on our Baba Yaga chicken legs. Yes. <laughs> yes, which is funny because I totally have chicken legs, too. So. Well, that's... Took ten chickens to make these legs. I understand. Okay. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. I love the idea that she flies around in a mortar. Yeah. The pestle, right? You know, as the paddle, yeah. and the broom as the as the you know, or a mop. I guess they sometimes throw that in there right. as the rudder, because, right. um, you know, I have several mortar and pestles because of different versions of things that I a I've used, or I just started collecting them, sure. or somehow, out of you know my family, I wound up with one for some bizarre reason. Yeah. And when I went to kind of set up the mini altar. I was looking at this mortar and pestle and thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. And then, But it was just the idea of seeing, you know, because some of the descriptions are she fits in it and her knees are up to her yes. chin and, you know, that kind of thing. We don't see her being graceful or any of that. Right. So I just think of that instead of flying on a broom. I like the mortar and pestle concept. It's yes. a little bit more like a carriage. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I don't imagine a broom is comfortable to ride on. And I know saying that I, I am admitting as a witch, I have never flown on a broom. <laughs> in yeah. my dreams, I have. Well, yeah. I've played Quidditch in my dreams <laughs> a couple of times when I was reading the Harry Potter books. That was pretty fun. Uh-huh. But I can't imagine it's very comfortable, especially for a lady. Yeah. 
Uh, but remote, you're right. A motor and pestle, you kind of get to like sit down in the bowl. And, yeah, I like that. Yeah, idea. and if you look at those those implements, the broom or the mop, or the, these are household items. Right. These are items that a woman would have been using in mm-hmm. the home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Cleaning and cooking and preparing medicine. Medicine. Yeah. yeah. See, and that was that was why I was looking, going, oh yeah, that's why I, you know, because to me, I'm thinking that's pretty cool. It's not something we're sitting in, you know. And, again, it's like flying carpets, things like that. I mean, some of these things are, are wonderful to look at as a point of reference, but my practicality is, is I wouldn't like that. I, I like being, like, in a balloon. I like being in the little basket, that kind of thing. Right. I'm not really, let's just throw out there and go. Yeah. But, um, and it's interesting when, when we talked about, because I know you'll dip into this much more, but with the three sisters, yeah. each one of them, that Ivan approaches has a specific thing, and he ha- goes through a specific ritual yeah. of conversation right. till the very end. And the third one, who's going to be the meanest anyway, and she's the youngest, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, is she's the meanest? Is that's when the Firebird comes in. So I will let you talk that one through. So the Firebird is a bird that shows up a lot in Russian, and I want to say something, actually, a little sidebar here. I am not Russian, and I am not Eastern European at all, and I've done my DNA. <laughs> so I have no Eastern European or Russian blood, and well, unless you go back further and further, but as you know, from 15 generations back, there's nothing. Uh-huh. I have an aunt that's married into my family that's Polish, but we've never talked about Baba Yaga, so I can't even say... <laughs> That she's come to me through family. She just came. Right. She just showed up, and we and I fell in love with her. So um, this is not a goddess of my ancestry. Okay. It felt important to name that. Okay. Um, so in Russian folklore, in Slavic folklore, the firebird is a, a huge mythological thing. Mm-hmm. It, it shows up in not just stories of Slava Yaga, but other stories as well. And if you are able to get... A, a tail feather from the firebird, it's like having a, a genie lamp, right? Uh-huh. It possesses all kinds of magical powers. Uh-huh. Different versions of the story suggest different things of what the, the feathers of the uh-huh. firebird can do. Uh-huh. And it is sort of a phoenix, but not exactly, uh-huh. right? It is it is the phoenix that does not necessarily turn to ashes and renew its right. But it is a bird that can catch on fire, can be consumed by fire, when it flies is on fire, depending Mm -hmm. on what version of the Mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. So it is related to what we might consider a phoenix bird. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the version of the story Elvira was talking about, he comes to the third Baba Yaga, and the third Baba Yaga controls the birds. Mm -hmm. And when she says the right thing or makes the right call, the birds all come and Ivan tries to catch the firebird because he's gone seeking this power mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and attempts to get the tail, um, the feathers. Yes, thank you. That's it. See? I'm yeah. good at, at the, the secondary guessing. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's interesting because one of the versions is at, he was told by the second Baba Yaga mm-hmm. to ask for the horn and to pl- to blow the horn mm-hmm. before she's obviously going to devour him, he asks for this favor. And, and, of course, when he gets to the third one, he does, and he blows it. She said, blow it three times. Mm-hmm. And so he blows soft and medium and loud. Right. And that's when he calls the birds. So, obviously, her horn, as you were yeah. talking about, calls the birds. 
Yeah. And at that point, they're screeching and running around, and she's all, you know, like, ah, you know, right. thing. And that's when the Firebird comes. And in the version I was reading, he jumps on the back of the Firebird. Baba Yaga tries to stop him, grabs him, only gets the tail feathers, and he takes off to go to the Tenth Kingdom. Um, what was it? The the Tenth Kingdom. He was looking for the Tenth Kingdom. Mm. And, right, and here the Firebird speaks, and yeah. it's like, hey, buddy, you're in trouble. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Right? let's go. So, right, so the Firebird in different tales is like this this beautiful type of a peacock mm-hmm. bird, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine mm-hmm. A, a peacock that's red and on fire. Huh. Right. Um, Pretty cool. And in other versions, the Firebird is even larger, like dragon large, mm-hmm. because it's big enough to be ridden on. Right. Right? Right. So I always wonder when we find these mythological creatures, what the oldest, what, where that came from, right? Mm-hmm. Was there a large bird in Russia that at some point mm-hmm. that was big enough to ride? Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's like the same thing as the concept of the dragon. Yeah, exactly. You Which know. shows up everywhere. 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 I know. Yeah. And so I feel that, yes, there was. And I, I begin to feel more and more that there's a reality that there was something of that. Just like the crone or the old woman or the wise old woman yeah. began to become the hag and the witch and the mm-hmm. negative connotation, there must have been certain things that were of this version right. to change. Because right. it's so typically human yeah. <laughs> that they they do this. It kind of goes down the line. Yeah. But, um, you know, I feel that having read and gotten at least a, a working knowledge here of her is that she is someone who works with initiation mm-hmm. and you know when you go into something you're going to quest for something you quest for your knowledge it's like the initiation so even if there were three you have three levels of initiation mm-hmm. to the final one right where you go to the tenth kingdom or whatever that may be right you have achieved that that um one level, a level, an internal level. And it seems to feel like all of these, though, put together as a way to keep kids out of a very dangerous position, that in actuality there is also a way of looking at going deeper into oneself. And she is the gatekeeper for it all. Right. Well, and if we break down Vasilisa's tale, right, we have – a young girl who is taught intuition by her mother. That's the dolly. Mm-hmm. The dolly is her intuition, mm-hmm. her own magical being. Mm-hmm. And the, her intuition helps her find the Baba Yaga in the woods. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Baba Yaga is the Baba Yaga, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a title. Right. right. So I kind of use all of her mm-hmm. versions of how to pronounce her name interchangeably. Uh, so she has this intuition. She goes into the deep, dark woods. She learns about the cycle of time, mm-hmm. the white writer, the red writer, the black writer. She witnesses mm-hmm. them writing through and changing the cycle of time. She right. connects to it. She reaches the old woman in the woods and has to use her cunning and intuition in order to achieve her goal. And then she is given the skull, the flaming skull, which is, Wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. And she returns to her family home, and this flaming skull eviscerates those that try to keep her oppressed. 
Uh-huh. It gives her the power to no longer be oppressed. Right. Right? Like, this is a story of initiation. Right. Absolutely. And I I was, I just got so excited about it. I was like, oh, my God, I found a jewel now. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I may not be drawn to her yeah. as a goddess. But I saw the process and was so intrigued yeah. that it was, you know, if you 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 know of course and, and these are all people that have done their writing and their their own in you know research and and uh, mining of the gold of what this means. Right. But for me to actually look at it and go, oh, it's not just a you know a, a kid's tale or a tale or something that's scary. Uh, it actually has meaning. Yeah. In a more metaphysical and spiritual way. Right. And that made me really kind of go, yay, <laughs> um, because I do feel. That in every culture, even if I don't jive with the culture because I'm not really into it, just doesn't speak to me. I really honor the concepts of what they're, you know, what they're putting out in this. And this was just like, wow, I'm awestruck by it. Yeah. So I'm in giggles. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack around Mm -hmm. her stories. And because there are so many and there are very interesting twists. Right, you can read one version of the story and then go and read another version mm-hmm. of the same story, and there's all these other mm-hmm. characters and mm-hmm. tidbits and jewels. Mm-hmm. And the first place that I read about Baba Yaga was in um, with Clarissa Estes. Oh, uh, running with uh, women who run with women wolves. who run with the wolves. Right. And if you've never read this book, I highly recommend it. It is, mm-hmm. and it is very feminine. It's very much for women. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I feel that many genders could appreciate the, the, her book. But it, mm-hmm. it works through these different um, these different mythologies, these mm-hmm. different goddesses. And mm-hmm. she tells you the story of the goddess and then gives you some things to do around your own personal reflection right. and spiritual work and magic right. to incorporate the energy of this goddess into your own life. And there's, I don't know. Ten or a dozen different it's folk a tales. Big, thick book yeah. because she doesn't mess around. Yeah, it's a great yeah. book, and it works with goddesses from all over the world. Mm-hmm. But that's where I was first introduced to Baba Yaga, so I felt like I got a a more gentle introduction mm-hmm. to her than um, than maybe a child in Russia. Right. There you go. <laughs> well, I mean, the reality of being right there, you're going to be given, you know, the the fear factor. It will come down. It yeah. may not be something you as an yeah. adult see it. But well, there, there is something to fear, right? Like, I, sometimes I get pissed off when we sort of try and sugarcoat the gods. There's a reason that people were afraid of them. And, yes, there was logical things like bears being in the woods and it's a dangerous place mm-hmm. to go. But these are powerful freaking energies. And to try and sugarcoat them and make it seem like it's just okay to go and flirt with these different gods, there are gods out there still that are very powerful and not to be effed with. Uh-huh. And I'm, you know, specifically thinking of the Afro-Caribbean gods uh-huh. because they have never been died, killed out. They've never died out. Uh-huh. Their lineage is tra- traceable. Uh-huh. You know, and Baba Yaga is another one of those where maybe the way they worked with her was shifted or changed, and she became more of a of a ghost story uh-huh. than a, than a worship. Uh-huh. But you don't mess with these gods. They are scary for a reason. Right. You need to approach them respectfully. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, one of her, one of her tales is you have to have a pure heart. That's it. So if you're approaching her and you don't, you're not pure of heart, and you're not open to being slapped mm-hmm. <laughs> or kicked out or eaten, mm-hmm. these are all real possibilities. And if you look at, I'm going to use the word shamanic here because that's 
the easiest way to describe it. Right. Uh, if you look at folks who go through a shamanic awakening, if you look at folks who have gone through shamanic training, mm-hmm. every single one of them, every single one of them, no matter, and I'm using shaman as an over explanation, I get that's not the right word, right? Shaman is a specific culture, I get it. But folks who go into that sort of shift into the wise person or the medicine healer or whatever, they go through a process of being disembodied. Right. Right? Being eaten, devoured, being pulled apart. These are stories that are told over and over and over again by people who step into a a shamanic practice. Mm -hmm. They become disembodied. Baba Yaga is a goddess that devours you. Mm -hmm. It's not something to be taken lightly. And the other thing, I guess, to say, at least from my perspective here, is that I see this in everyday existence, but we as humans... Avoid it with great tenacity. Sure. Uh, Our world starts to fall apart, and we are torn to pieces, and we are dismembered, and we are disembodied. You know, and it can be one thing, it can be many things, and we cling, and we grab, and we hold, and we cry, and we wail. And obviously, there is a part that has to be released. Right. So you can move forward, and tr- and again, that's your intuition. Try move forward, and then you're rewarded. And it's interesting they made a little thing about, you know, listen to your elders, use your intuition, and be rewarded. And if you're cruel and unkind, you're burnt to a crisp. Yeah. And I think simplistically talking about what the myths, the folklore tales are about Baba Yaga, but this is in general. Yeah. You know, and yes, don't it, it? These are big, big, big energies, and yeah. um, the hubris of yeah. trying to control them. Right, right. And when you are dismembered, you do not get put back together in the same shape or form or person. Ah, uh, yes. You know, so uh, there, you do die and and are reborn. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's gone through a, an initiation, and we all have. Mm-hmm. Right, we're constantly in initiations. However, if you take on a specific tradition, mm-hmm. if you follow a specific lineage and you become initiated into that lineage, mm-hmm. you die and become reborn into something else. You change. Mm-hmm. You change physically. You change energetically. You mm-hmm. change astrally. You change. I mean, emotionally and physically. Yeah. And and the. The other side of that process, the other side of that initiation, whether that's a year-long initiation or an hour-long initiation, the other side of it, you now have to remember yourself, uh-huh. and you are going to be different, and it is going to be challenging, and it is some, and sometimes it's easy, and you're like, uh-huh. oh, la la la, this is who I always should have been, yay, uh-huh. and sometimes it is, it takes time uh-huh. to learn who you are now and to integrate. Uh-huh what you've been through right. in your initiation process. Right. And I'm talking spiritual and uh, and otherwise, right? Yeah. The, the one initiation that, um, that most um, cis women go through, cisgendered women go through, is your, starting your menstrual cycle. Uh-huh. You have no control over when it starts. You have very little control of what happens once it begins. Right. And you are no longer who you were before. 
and then when you get to the other side, you have no control as to when and how it's going to end. Right. And then there is this whole other part of you, and that is the that's going into the the crone, the Baba Yaga stage, because by then we are at a place where we can be cruel mm-hmm. and we can be mean mm-hmm. and we can devour right and yet we reward right when those that are that are meaningfully true um are out there and they come however they come to you whether it's a friend or it's a client yeah and this sort of goes right back to one of the things we said at the beginning about the woman, the matriarch, the power of the the old woman, and there, if you look at the cycle of of the the power around menstruation, mm-hmm. is the woman who's past menopause now holds her wisdom within mm-hmm. her, right? When we bleed, we are shedding that wisdom so mm-hmm. we can share it, mm-hmm. right? And, in many traditions, you should sit on the earth and bleed into the earth to right. share your power with her, right? Right. When we reach menopause, we hold our wisdom inside of us. Mm-hmm. So the old woman who has reached that threshold, who has gone through that initiation, mm-hmm. is now the most wise and most powerful. Mm-hmm. She holds the wisdom inside of her. That is Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. That is the Baba Yaga, right? Right. right. Yeah. So, well, well, we're we're at a we're at a really good space here. I, you know, she is. She's taught me some things even in the limited time that I have taken yeah. to read and research and just connect. Yeah. And uh, it it's like reflection, you know, where where are you at this point? What are you doing at this right. point? Right. And so I really I I wasn't too sure when we when we picked this goddess. <laughs> I was like, Okay, fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but I think it's because Again, I'm more comfortable with the Celtic and the mm-hmm. Mediterranean, mm-hmm. but then that's a lot of what my own energy pattern is. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get into even the Native American um, because we live on this soil. We 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 do have that experience of knowing why yeah. these energies are here and, and personified and put into the yeah. deity form. Um, yeah, and this is the one goddess that, you know, I work with four, I have four primary deities that I work with daily, and there's a fifth one that's hanging out there kind of in the back that we're we're still figuring out what our relationship looks like. But she, of, of my four main folks, she's the one that is not of my ancestry at all, mm-hmm. at all. So she is clearly a goddess of spirit and heart and not of blood. Right. And, you know, you, you get tapped or called for whatever reason you get tapped or called. Mm-hmm. But there was one thing I want to make sure, because we're getting close to time. Mm-hmm. There's one thing about her I wanted to mention. Um, we, when we told her story at the beginning, I mentioned her very large nose. Mm-hmm. And often her body parts are described in in less than beautiful descriptions, <laughs> right? That's a nice way to put it. Yes. And her nose is often described as large, huge, hooked, um, taking up the entire space of her hut, mm-hmm. but she smells things. Yes. And she often, especially in stories of Ivan, uh, talks about how he has a Russian smell. Yes. Stinks of Russian. Yes. And so there is something interesting about that. Mm-hmm. If if he smells Russian 
and she says it kind of like, "Ugh, you smell like a Russian." Well, then who is she? Uh-huh. Is she? Is she? Isn't she Russian? Right? Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. So she would have been of the same right. culture. So she's also outside of the culture. Right. And there is this interesting thing about um, scent and the wisdom of being able to smell something, mm-hmm. recognizing the scent of someone, mm-hmm. knowing when someone just doesn't smell right. Right. Mm-hmm. right? It doesn't smell right. Yeah. You don't smell right. Something yeah. doesn't smell right. Right. And as we age, our eyesight goes, our hearing goes, but very rarely do people lose their sense of scent. Right. Right, of being able to smell. Mm-hmm. That very rarely gets lost. And it's interesting because thinking about that right now, seeing that when I walk my dogs, they, you know, dogs don't have great eyesight. Mm-hmm. They have good hearing and good smell. That's yeah. their big, those are their main traits. They will smell the dogs that are in the area. Right. They won't eat, the dogs won't even be saying anything. They will smell it. We'll get to certain places. And thinking about that, that's a very primal, mm-hmm. animalistic point of reference. Yeah that puts where Baba Yaga is, is very primal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I like that. And you're right. I read that, too, and I'm going, Russian smell? Yeah. You know, I thought you were, what what does a Russian smell like that's different than? Right. Well, and if we think of, of Eastern Europe and Russia and that border there, right, and in the modern world, all kinds of drama and war mm-hmm. and border fighting ha- exists on that right on that borderland yeah right constantly even still even today mm-hmm. there is still fighting in um, Ukraine and all of these Eastern mm-hmm. European countries with Eastern Europe Russia Eastern Europe Russia mm-hmm. da, 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 the Serbia and Croatian war like this is, mm-hmm. this is a, a a challenging area for borders right for culture and right. for naming oneself. I am Polish, I am Serbian, I am uh-huh. Ukrainian, I am Russian, right? Uh-huh. It's kind of an area that's riddled with strife as far right. as that goes. So we may look at this as Baba Yaga is, is not for Russia, or she is one of the borderlands right. where she is not one or the other. Right. And she can suss out what village you've come from uh-huh. by how you smell, uh-huh. right? So it's interesting that there's something about this area of the world where it, there is a lot of disagreement over right. over border and who they are. So ridiculous and on a larger scale. I mean, I get it. I understand the concept. But really? Yeah. Bigger picture. The arbitrary line that we humans put on a on the planet? I know. I know. Really worth killing? Well, that's because then we didn't know the bigger picture. Yeah. Now we know a bigger picture. Yeah. And I think... It's, again, time to change. And resources. Yeah. Right? What resources exist in that area that make it so important to have possession of? Yeah. Right? There's something there. And because this is her birthplace and this is where she exists still, mm-hmm. she she rules those areas. Mm-hmm. There is something about the magic and mystery of those liminal spaces, those border spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a place to call on her. Right. And what I, there are, um, <laughs> in my tradition, there are a few older women who, um, you know, during ritual will say exactly what they think or, mm-hmm. or maybe be a little contrary or challenging. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I aspire to that. <laughs> and that's Baba Yaga. She's, 
she is the one. She does not suffer fools. She will tell you the truth whether you want to hear it or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, she will push your buttons. And that's really, it's interesting. I've got to find this, but it's something that I found, and you're talking about this, and I'm going, I have to mention this. I just hope I can find this within our time frame. Yes. Yeah. Because really and truly, um, there is a, a um, it's called the Wicked the Wicked Witch series, mm. and it's of the Midwest, mm. and one of the characters, there, it's like this town that's rebranded itself because it lost the, the mill there, and yeah. so they've re- rebranded themselves a witch town, and it's up in, like, um, Michigan and, and that area up there, and one of the characters of the Winchester family is Aunt Tilly, and Aunt Tilly is a Baba Yaga. Yeah. And she, they're witches. The, yeah. the Winchesters are real witches, whereas the, the town doesn't have real witches. They are. Sure. And everybody has known this this family of, of a dynasty of women that have come, you know, yeah. and it's fascinating because she does. She says, I love reading this because she says exactly what she feels. Right. And it's a character that I guess I can relate to, yeah. maybe. Well, and if you look at any story, any, mo- like, look at the Golden Girls TV show. Yeah. Sophia. Yeah. The Baba Yaga. Yes. Right. Yes. Anyway, on that note, we're totally at time. Okay, so we need to go. <laughs> we will see you in the future. Yes, and next week, which will be June 30th, we'll be doing a show on herbs. All right. Herbs and magic. Herbs and magic. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be. Rush into Old Navy today. The entire store is on sale up to 50% off right now. Plus, today's the last day to redeem your super cash and save even more on summer's best styles at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Excludes clearance, gift cards, register lane items, jewelry, today and two-day only deals.
Rush into Old Navy today. The entire store's on sale up to 50% off right now. Plus, today's the last day to redeem your super cash and save even more on summer's best styles at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Excludes clearance, gift cards, register lane items, jewelry, today and two-day only deals. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.